we are excited to announce our partnership with Home Field Apparel through the Dave Campbell's podcast network of the Republic of Football. Home Field is launching North Texas Apparel line on Thursday as they continue to expand their growing collection of over 150 teams in the country. Obviously, this is a huge deal for us, and we're incredibly excited to partner with them and to give y'all a discount code for the offers as y'all obviously go in there and buy everything that they have. Uh, the discount code is MGREEN, which is for first-time customers, 15% off, and returning customers, 10% off. Again, the discount code is MGREEN. For those watching on the screen, there it is, Colin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the code works for any purchase on home field, even if you're not buying North Texas stuff. So MGREEN, that'll help us out, uh, help us track everything. Yeah, home field, uh, obviously, Colin. And for those who don't know, Create incredible, uh, incredibly yeah. unique apparel, clothes, uh, shirts for college football. I mean, as it's about to return. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the the generic stuff too. You see, I mean, they they go into the history of the school. They got the whole thing. It's high quality. I'm super excited. I know Bruni's super excited. I mean, I'm gonna cop some stuff myself. So hopefully, you guys enjoy the stuff as much as we do. Yeah, they uh, recently put out a tweet. Announcing it for Thursday at 9 a.m. Releasing it. Obviously, everybody will go on there. So we will be posting on our Twitter page and all that stuff. But as you can see, 15% off. If you're interested, visit Homefield website at homefieldapparel.com. It's super easy to use. And you can access their wide-ranging selection of teams. Uh, shop at Homefield and use our discount code MGREEN and check out to get your discount. Um, perfect for Father's Day coming up, birthdays, mm. graduations, all of that good stuff and we will obviously continue to uh, update y'all as we continue to uh, go through this with home field apparel hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the green room podcast i'm matthew bruni and joining me once again is colin mitchell colin today we are joined by the new head coach of north texas mean green basketball ross hodge coach how are you doing today i'm good man i'm good this is it's always a great day when we get to hop on and talk to you guys man oh yeah <laughs> Yes, that is. Uh, I know every coach's dream. Get on here, <laughs> right? Yeah, you texted me after we had uh, Jason and um, uh, Jason and uh, Bugs, Bugs, Bugs. The the two we had on. Like, oh, we gotta do it. I was like, yeah, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Plenty to talk about. Um, I don't even know where to start, but let's start with last year. Obviously, okay. that's the easy place to start because um, a fun year through the through the ups and a couple downs, but you make the run. Um, through the NIT after losing in, in the conference tournament, just what, how would you describe what last year was for y'all as a team? Man, um, like most of those years, man, it's such a, a learning experience. You know, and I always talk about with our guys, even like the, the seasons are almost like spiritual journeys in a weird way, you know, and uh, like you said, the highs and the lows and um, kind of everything in between. But anytime you finish, anytime you can finish a season winning the last game and cutting down nets, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an incredible season. So, um, yeah, man, it was uh, just look back on that group coming together and sacrifices that those guys made and stayed together, stayed the course. Um, yeah, it was, it was a special year, man. Real, real quick before I, I let Colin, I know I've talked a lot, Colin, but uh, after the Rice lost specifically, oh. y'all go on the run after that where I don't know, y'all won like eight straight. Mm-hmm. What was it like after the Rice game? 
with obviously the veterans you had on your team, the, you, Coach Mack, y'all know everything. Y'all been through the wars. Yeah. After the Rice loss, coming together and being able to go on that run, how did that happen? Um. Well, you know, le- leading up to the to the Rice game, and um, you got to give you know, there's excuses and there's reasons, you know, and and there it's a fine line on that, you know, and not to rice was great that night, you know, um, I didn't think, you know, they, they made really good adjustments to how we had played them in the past. And, you know, in the past, we had kind of just decided, Hey man, we're going to try to take, you know, Fiedler's assist out of the game. You know, we, we just go straight drop coverage and they're running their kind of like playing the nuggets with yoke, you know, like, okay, like you're going to give them 42, but, you're taking the assist out of the game and, and, um, and they did a good job, man. They got downhill, uh, with, with, that was the biggest dynamic, you know, uh, Quincy Oliveri was really able to get downhill in the second half of that game. And, and, um, but that was also in that crazy stretch to start the league. If you guys, I don't know if you remember, we were like FAU at home, yep. FIU at home, Mm-hmm. at Western, at Middle, come back and play La Tech at home on Wednesday. Kai beats them at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Then we're right back on a plane playing FAU on Saturday, FIU on Monday, Rice on Thursday. Yeah, And that's, you know, so we didn't like overreact necessarily to the game. But I think Coach Mack did a really good job, and that uh, that Friday because it was right back into a one day prep. It was Friday. And we played UAB on Saturday, and we just felt like we had lost a little bit of our like connectivity as a group, and kind of just highlighted some of like the things that are really important to us. Like highlighted like some of our huddles in that Rice game, some of the lack of just togetherness, which comes through a fatigue and you're in all these games and we had kind of, and so that was really all we talked about before the UAB game was like, Hey man, let's get back to like tight huddles, playing through mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen. Let's not go separate ways. And um, the guys were great about it. They owned it. We showed it to them on the video, you know, on the, the TV and there was really no denying it, you know, and, and they didn't, they didn't fight that. They embraced it. And we went out, and I know Jelly didn't play that Saturday, but we still played a very good game against a good UAB team and, and kind of took off from there. Moving it back, I guess, toward the NIT, how does having some adversity like that earlier in the season prep a run like y'all had? Because obviously, you know, you go through the adversity of losing the conference tournament, but then you win the NIT. Yep. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny, man. Like, I talk about, I've, I've shared those stories with a lot of people over the past couple months when we've been recruiting, we have recruits and parents and families here. And, and obviously when you look in here and there's like the four trophies and, you know, (laughs) you know, the championships, the highlight videos, the confetti, you, you can think that that's what it is and that's Mm -hmm. part of it. But we do talk about like the 2020 year we were, we were six and eight to start that year. We were two and five to start the year and had to go beat a good UTA team on the road. Mm-hmm. We were oh, 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 and one in league after blowing a, 
Western. A 15-point lead. The next year, you bring that team back, the COVID year, we beat Marshall, and we have to win one game to win the conference regular season championship and be the one seed. Well, we lose all three of them. Yeah. And now you you leave – you don't even get a bye. And Ruben pops his hamstring. The yeah. the year before the next year, uh, T. Bell and them, we start one and three, lose the Buffalo at home. Mm-hmm. So within the framework of all the mm-hmm. good at the end, there is that that ability to overcome adversity and overcome the hard times. And that's where you have to give the credit ultimately to Coach Mack for building that foundation, but putting a staff in place that values that and then putting – players in the locker room that can handle setbacks and come back the next day, watch film work, get the extra work in. And um, so that, that's, that's, and like you said, like the NIT was kind of an accumulation of, of all of that, man, people, you, it's easy to forget the adversity you yeah. overcome when it ends in a championship season, right. but it's how you overcome the adversity, which puts you in position to be, champions yeah now obviously man the past few months since this season it were, were a whirlwind for you i wasn't even trying to text you i was like yeah just, <laughs> just be. um what was that process like going obviously you know you know coach mac going to tech uh conversations with him and then you obviously stepping into becoming the head coach obviously with new ad jared mosley there yep. What were those two processes like for you? Um, you know, it wasn't, this wasn't the, I, you know, that you guys know, like this wasn't the first off season that Coach Mack's name had been associated with other schools. You know what I mean? So I don't want to say there was like a comfort and, mm-hmm. but there was a certain level of like, um understanding that if that if you know if this was to go this way like and, and those conversations weren't necessarily like just flat out said but you know you felt good about it and then to coach um max credit and, and then you know like you said jared and president smostrix i mean they once it became evident that mac was indeed going to take the texas tech job they moved you know efficiently um which in today's time era with the portal and the recruiting and you know uncertainty and chaos you know that breeds the chaos and to their credit they tried to alleviate as much uncertainty as they could and they were able to to move quickly and i think that was a big part as why we were able to hang on to like aaron and reuben and stone and mulai who you know a week a week goes by Yep. You don't know what could have happened, you yep. know, because obviously yep. all those guys could have, they could have went anywhere. Yep. Just to be honest. Could have. Right. How is it? What's it like? You know, obviously you haven't been a head coach since, uh, was it Paris junior college and Midland junior college? Yep. So what's the, what, what lessons do you take from those places to now? Cause that, what was that like 12 years ago? Something like that. Last time you were yeah. head coach. It went it went one forty six and twenty four, which is crazy. crazy. <laughs> so we're expecting that. Yeah, you, know? you need uh, to right. keep it up there. We're expecting uh, that record. Man, um, yeah, no, it's um, I've, I've I've said this in some other 
spaces and talking to other people, you know, weirdly enough, like being a junior college head coach uniquely prepares you for the time period that we're in now because of the amount of roster turnover that you're going to endure each year. And, you know, you, you were, you're comfortable. And uh, I think that's why we've been successful here. You know, even, even, okay. Like you lose Ryan and, you know, like not that you just can keep using good players, but it's inevitable in today's mark, you know, today's college sports, it's going to happen. You're going to have roster turnover. You're going to have new players, uh, and how quickly can you assimilate them into a cohesive unit in a cohesive group? You know, the biggest difference at this level is in the biggest thing for me personally is just the amount of external things that come your way that take you away from actually coaching your team, Mm. you know, but that's why you hire a great staff and, and, um, thrilled with with like you know johnny estelle phil forte jess Her- jace hurl mike randall you know elevate andre and, and louis stan i mean really really fortunate to to have that group of guys in year one as being a head coach at this level they're they're all really good man really good real quick what was the process like of of finding assistant i mean finding them like how tedious how difficult was that um for you yeah man it was uh the the thing people got to realize like you're trying it's a it's a puzzle mm-hmm. you know and you you've been in this business for 20 plus years and you have great relationships across the board but you can really only hire three or four people you know and you're trying to put you're trying to put it's it's like putting a basketball team together you're not going to go out there and get all centers you're not going to go out there and get all point guards. You're trying to find strengths and weaknesses and personalities. And um, so, yeah, I, uh, you know, knew I wasn't going to rush. But then when I, you know, felt comfortable with the who, then wanted to be very intentional about it, you know. And, um, you know, if you kind of look at these guys, they all have unique ties, whether it's, you know, being a junior college head coach like Johnny Estelle was a junior college head coach at Navarro and Kingsville and both had done things at those places that have never been done before, which, you know, we love that model here, you know, doing that, you know, and, and then Phil Forte is, you know, a legend in, in the state of Texas and his name. And, and then Jace, you know, was a very successful junior college head coach and is recruited at a high level as well. And, and Mike, you know, just all those guys, you know, and the thing about them all is they were really excited about being here and they're all committed to the group and they all want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And, and they're all like, just like, just you, you guys have spent, you, you guys uniquely have had the opportunity to really peek behind the scenes. Only a few people actually get to really do that. And so you, you know how ego and how selfless this whole thing has been. And we've tried to follow that model with, with the staff that I hired. For sure. What's, you know, going back, obviously you were an assistant coach coach here for the last six years. What's been your, what was your approach, I guess, you know, kind of being under Mac and then now you're a head coach. Um, you know, my approach as, as the associate head coach was trying to, um, you're trying to facilitate, through Mac to the rest of the staff and be a conduit and eliminate conversations 
that that can trip you know like they don't have to constantly yeah. be said over and over you're like yeah. trying to do it both ways you know gotcha um and that's where i give coach mac a lot of credit and you guys know him as well and and he he was very egoless he was very selfless he was comfortable with with his own abilities as a basketball coach and as a man and he wasn't threatened by allowing other people to have voices within the program take ownership in the program and you know i've i've when i was a junior college coach and i'd go i've went and watched other division one practices where literally no one says anything but the head coach and everybody else is just like <laughs> that's crazy you know that's crazy yeah. Truth, man and they're running every drill and they're like and everyone else is just and you know hmm. coach mac helped prepare me for this in a lot of ways by allowing me to have as much input and ownership in the program and i want to be able to do the same thing for these guys you know and um so that you know the 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 difference now is again when when coach mac was gone if coach mac was at a speaking engagement or a coach's caravan or if he was out recruiting well then then i just ran the practice mm -hmm. and now it's like i'm going to be gone yeah and finding the comfort of not always being there you know but that's why i hired in my opinion one of the best staffs in the country because i do trust those guys and those guys know what they're doing what did what did you learn the most because I want to get to next, this year's team, but, but one more question here. What did you learn most over the past six years um, that obviously will help you in this position here, like from grants or from, you know, any anything over the past six years? Well, then you try to get me to, to lump in six years of experience. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, we asked the hard questions here, Coach. Six um, years, put it into one, one thing. I mean, just it could be – you know, I think the biggest thing is you have to be yourself. You know, that's that was probably like the best advice that I've, I was given as a young head coach. And it's always stuck with me through any role that I had is like you, you do have to be who you are. And people, players, people, they'll, they'll respect the fact if you're trying to be who, you know, an authentic version of yourself. And like I said, as a young head coach, as a junior college, I didn't need to try to be. 42 you know like don't apologize like just you know this is who you are and you know be relatable and have fun with the guys you can still hold them accountable you know you can have relationships and hold people accountable they're not mutually you know exclusive from each other and so you just you have to be um you know who you who who you are and people will respect it people will appreciate it um if you start trying i can't be coach mac I can't be Coach Eustachie. I can't be Coach Foy. I can't be Coach Walker. I can't be Coach Bishop. I can't be all these great coaches that I've worked for and been around. I can take little pieces of them and apply it on the basketball floor, but I can't be them, you know? Moving – or do you have another one, Brady? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to get into this year. Yeah, that's what I'm going into. Uh, moving to this year, obviously we know the identity of last year's team was defense, very deliberate, slow team. The defense obviously is still going to be there, but are there going to be any other changes in terms of pace or, or offensive, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, not to give us an excuse, like, again, excuses and reasons. Yeah. We, we, I know, because you guys talked to Coach Mack, like, we, we actually were committed yeah, to we're, yeah, that's, play that's, 
with more pace and in force last year. And we spent a whole summer <laughs> implementing and working on it. And then Ruben gets hurt. TP gets hurt right before. And, and, you know, and not to mention the other little nagging injuries that we kind of went through that people don't even know. And y'all got sick. We got sick. Yeah. You know, so then it's just kind of like, well, you know, so we will have to play with more pace. Um, our better returning players are better with with more possessions and more pace across the board. Ruben benefits from that type of game. A Scott benefits from that type of game. Weirdly enough, Mulai may be I was, I was say, player I like, yeah. on our roster end to end. If you lined them up on the baseline and say go, Mulai probably wins that race. And Stone, in a weird way, is good in like mm-hmm. the longer a game goes. And um, and so yeah, like I what what I would really like to be able to to do is do a better job of uh not 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 a better job, but just improve on like turning our our defense into offense and really taking advantage of deflections and turnovers and and long bad shots that can lead to a little more easier shot on the offensive end of the floor um and then just you know jason has elite speed you know jason edwards and Mm -hmm. and bugs is a good athlete and you know uh robert you know, from Ole Miss is a, I mean, just all these guys probably benefit in in a game that has a little more pace with understanding you're not going to play crap. I mean, you're not going to just going down firing balls all over the place. Not UAB. Yeah. I don't think that's probably, you know, conducive to winning championships either for us, you know, for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Moolah. It's, it's interesting because we've really just had Zach to Abu. And now Mulai is a very different, as we saw in the NIT run, obviously, a yeah. very different type of center. How do you approach that having, obviously, he's not going to be used in the same role as Zach or Abu, but he's more of a rim runner, you know, maybe shot blocker in a couple of instances. Are you excited to kind of unlock that potential? Yeah, because, uh, you know, just kind of, it kind of uh, goes right into what we were just talked about. I mean, really, there's there's not going to be many – forwards on the other team that are as fast as him and can move at the rate that he can move. And you got to understand, I mean, he's really still coming into his own as a basketball player, started playing the game very late. Mm-hmm. And, and he's just now really settling into, you know, what you guys saw over the course of that, that NIT run is really kind of just the beginning of what he could be. And he probably had the best spring of any anyone on our roster um put a lot of work in played a, got to play a lot and a lot of open gyms around the metroplex and he 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 really poured a lot in um he was because of really just getting going in the nit he was also like a little fresher than the rest of the guys coming out of yeah you could tell that's yeah. <laughs> um so he really springboarded that and took advantage of it you know and um really excited for what he can do and what he can be. You've already kind of touched on it uh, in regarding to the guys you've recruited with Jason Edwards, Robert Allen, Bugs, and uh, TJ Nolan. Nolan. Yep. Uh, a big, big focus that Bruni and I have noticed, and I, I guess this has always been type of a thing, is, you know, Jason Edwards especially, you, you guys keep going that JUCO route, 
and, and getting guys that excel at this level. What's kind of been one, your recruiting, uh, I guess, goal and identity. And then what do you think those guys can add to this roster? Um, you know, specifically like with, with, <clears throat> with Jason, if you look at like Javion and Tyler and even Duffy, before then who like dude like i don't know if you guys have been like duffy's killing it man I follow yeah. him on, on, Twi- on instagram he, that's all he, i need he's yeah. in line for he's in line for a nice payday um mm-hmm. next year which is awesome he kind of got robbed from an injury standpoint yeah. of what you saw here but thomas bell duffy jay ham reese tp jason edwards the one thing they had in common is they all went to the national tournament in junior mm-hmm. college They all, they all played at Hutch. They all played, they all, they all are coming from places that had won. And, and so that's a big part when you're recruiting, you know, anybody, when we were recruiting junior college kids specifically is, you know, they're, they're, they were all in really good leagues. They all played for good coaches and they all won. Um, And that can translate to to this level which which it has and then um you know bugs obviously like you guys got to spend some time talking to him i mean there isn't a there isn't a person that has came in contact with bugs that doesn't absolutely love him as a person yeah the umass fans yesa fans the hit like and and you can feel that energy um even competing against him you know, and then, and then ability to make, you know, you make 83s at 42%. And that's a lot of threes, man. Thank you. Shot second, second best in the league, maybe behind TP and, and jelly right around there. Um, CJ was a kid that we, we had known, you know, we actually recruited here before he we went to Oklahoma and, you know, he's, he's another one, man. Just uh, he, he won in high school, wants to get back to winning um, really feel like he has a versatile skill set like a Kai, mm-hmm. you know, that can take advantage of Lillard guards and Strong. can be a secondary ball handler at times, maybe even a primary ball handler. Um, and then, yeah, Robert, Robert Allen, I mean, started started games in SEC, you know, and yeah. uh, has a master's degree already. So that tells you, like, you know, his age and experience and his maturity. He has a bachelor's and a master's degree. That's good because every every North Texas team needs that one seventh year player here. <laughs> you know, and then and then and then uh, you know, you don't want to forget about Alex Cotton. You know, the high the high school kid, man. He's got, mm-hmm. um, I mean, saw a picture with I was standing next to him the other day. I'm like, damn, this dude's big. You know, six five, six six. <clears throat> you know, can do a lot of good things on a basketball floor. Versatile. Um, got a chance to be a really good player, knows what's going on, kind of reminds you of like Aaron as a as a freshman, you know, it's just like can it can he physically mature as the year grows in and maybe he can help you as a young player. Yeah, I am I'm I'm very excited. Very excited for this year's team. Um all right, one more before we get you out. Uh obviously joining the American is what we have to ask every coach that comes on this podcast. Um because it is it is a it is an interesting step up where you you still have five other teams from Conference USA that uh, you know the UABs and the Rice and UTSA and so on and so forth. But then you get a Memphis, Tulane, Tulsa is going to be 
good with Conkle and brought them over there. Improved, yeah. Yeah, brought them over. So it looks like it's it is a it is a step up. And even yeah. though we we all know how good Conference USA was last year. I mean, you're bringing FAU and UAB with you, but yep. Are you excited to go to the American? What's your overall thoughts on the conference as a whole? Yeah, really excited, man. We uh we had our conference meetings last week in in Colorado, and Colin said he just got back. It was in Vail, so it was, you know worst places to have your conference meetings. And <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, you look around, man, and um, yeah, there is a lot of excitement, you know, and I think there's a lot of belief that you know, granted, you're losing Houston and Cincinnati, Central mm-hmm. Florida, but I think the overall uh, sentiment from everyone is like, man, the league itself may actually even be better. You know, if you're looking at, like you said, Tulsa is going to be better. Ron Hunter's done a tremendous job at Tulane. They're only getting better. Memphis is Memphis. You know, uh, Coach Mills is going to do, yeah. you know, Wichita State and, and uh, you know, Co- Coach Lanier in, in year two at SMU is going to be much improved and then you you carry over the 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 conference usa school so there's there is a lot of excitement um you know uh and then you just create like some really good natural rivalries that i know like our fan base can't wait i mean i i can only imagine what you know the first game home game or road you know where you get to play smu or you got memphis coming into the pit or i mean it's just it's it's an exciting time, you know, and I think it's it's the right time to carry over the momentum that, you know, we've created not only as a, a as a as a basketball program here, but as an athletic program, you know, moving forward into the American. Yeah, the only thing is, um, the only thing I'll miss is Louisiana Tech, the Louisiana Tech yeah. game where y'all seems like y'all played like three times a year and just crazy. Three times a year, and everyone was coming down to like the last possession regardless of exactly man those are the those were the battles that i'll i'll remember for a long time be like man remember Crazy those north games. texas la tech games yeah. i mean western kentucky as well obviously kind of in a similar vein but the la tech one for me was always so yeah that i think even though they beat us <clears throat> that the 2020 the 2020 game in when it was in the pod play or whatever in the pit and it was like the j ham Daquan Bracy. Now yeah. the year before that, when Carl was oh, yeah, yeah. the J Ham Daquan Bracy duel at the end of that game mm-hmm. and the shot making that was going on, um, even though we were on the wrong end of it, it was still like, man, that was one of the funnest games I've been a part of. Crazy, Colin. I remember after that game, we were went and recorded our little two minute thing outside the podcast. Outside yeah. the super <laughs> we're just like, I don't know what we just watched. That was incredible. <laughs> Crazy. Like, we weren't even mad. We were just basketball. Like, you know, I mean, Bracey makes a right-hand running floater over Zach, yeah. kisses the top of the square and drops in. But yeah, that yeah. was there was there was definitely some battles, man. Yeah, so those the, the, those are uh, if you can, we can get a lot of tech on the schedule, man. Right? Go make some calls over there <laughs> <laughs> for sentiment sake. Yeah. Um. But all right, man. That's all we cool. got. Thirty hey, minutes. Appreciate you guys, man. Always a fun time, man. Appreciate all you guys do for North Texas and. You know, you guys do great work, man. So appreciate you guys for sure. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. Mr. Head Coach over here. I, now I have had to, I have, I personally have had to talk you guys off the panic meter ledge a few times, but <laughs> hey, man, like I get it, man. Trust me, I get hey. it. I get it. <laughs> oh man, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, 
for, for, uh, y'all could be y'all could be twelve and zero next year. First loss, we're gonna come on here to be like, hey, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know they got it. Oh man, I appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate, it, Coach. All right, Colin. Well, let's fill in the back last ten minutes of this podcast talking about this basketball team because, um, I'm really excited. Like, I can't, I can't remember a season I've gone into because every year we we go into a season and say, all right, we have these new additions, these new JUCO players who are going to have to come in and be really good. And we have no clue if they're going to be really good or not. Right. Right. Like we're coming like as much as we love the, the Javion edition, James Reese, you know, all these guys over the years were like, okay, still we, we have to see it, you know? And then it was like last year it was Tyler Perry going into a starting role, you know, how are you going to replace Drez and so on and so forth. This year, it feels like we kind of know what this team is. At this, at this point, they still have two more roster spots. They have filled 11 of the 13. We kind of know what this team is. And I I love it on paper. I, I think it's very helpful that we saw Aaron Scott and Ruben almost kind of come, and Mulai to an extent, come into their own during the NIT run. I mean, Aaron Scott, he's going to be different yeah. level <laughs> next year. Ruben, if they play open, is going to be insane. Obviously, Mulai is going to be that rim runner kind of guy that you and I have been kind of looking for, I guess, in, in the last couple seasons. But, you know, going back to what, the guys they brought over. I mean, Jason Edwards, the thing within the past is we didn't know that how good they'd be at recruiting Juco guys. Obviously mm-hmm. we knew that they'd be, they're successful in it, but they've hit on basically every single one of them. When you bring in a Jason Edwards guy, you're like, okay, well, I guess this is just a lock to be a good guy, yes. like a good player. Or you go into John Bugs, who obviously also, I guess he went D2. Was it D2 route? I it can't was, ever remember. You D was it UMass D T2 or UMass to Juco to UTSA. That's what it was. I mean, same type of thing, right? Like he's a guy that instantly, you know, can do something. And I think that that's on top of the returning talent. You're very confident that this coaching staff is going to be able to get guys and recruit them well and build them up. I wanted to ask Ross about this, uh, but we were kind of running a little lower on time. Um, The ability to get an Ole Miss and Oklahoma player how many P five? How many high major players had they had in the in the McCaslin era? Like I can't. Off the top like, of my head, I can't think of any. Like there's a ton that have gone up, right? Yeah. Like there's a ton that have gone up. Obviously, Drez, Reese, uh, Ryan, going on the list. I'm now Tyler, Abu. Like all these guys have gone up, but how many of them have we gotten from an Ole Miss or an Oklahoma? I can't remember. Like Dang came from North Dakota State. Um, uh, Ed came from North Dakota State, which is a good program, but high major players. I'm probably for. I feel like we're, we have to be forgetting somebody. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, Washington, um, the big from Washington. Yeah, but he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play. But we'll, I forgot his name. I forgot his name too. But, uh, but yeah. still, regardless, that's that's the only one. I that's can the remember. one that I can think of. I mean, unless you count like a Buffalo. And the thing their... is, yeah, Buffalo. Um, if you just look at like the seven, let's just say the eight top players right now. And again, they still have two spots left, which I assume they would add somebody to, that could help them. Um, returners, Ruben, Aaron, Mulai, and Stone. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good four. And then the four transfers, Bugs, Edwards, Allen, Nolan. That yeah. is an eight, a group of eight. I don't know why I held 10 up. A group of eight that I would feel comfortable with right now. Yeah, they just roll like, them out. Just roll them out. Like... At the four position, they're fine because, in theory, you can put Rob, Robert Allen can slide to the five if you need to behind Mulai. 
Um, I assume they would try to go get – well, Chris Morgan is also a five. I will have to see how he develops. But um, And then at the guard spot, Bugs, Edwards, Noland, um, and – you know, Ruben and Stone are kind of like wings, guards, kind of that can play either one. So I just feel really, really good about this. Like you said, there's no more question marks like with a guy like Jason Edwards. Like, and he's their only Juco addition to this point. So it's like, right. I feel like we know what we're getting. CJ Nolan might be the X factor though. CJ Nolan, when I saw, when you sent me that, uh, that tweet when he committed, I was like, wow the culmination of the NIT, the move to the AC is finally, they yeah. finally built a program where they can attract not just a fifth year senior or not a guy who didn't really play. I mean, you have to realize, yeah, CJ Nolan didn't have a great season last year. He was all freshman two years ago. Yeah, That's impressive at, yeah. you know, especially in a great basketball conference. And even like, and also he was a top 100 player at a high school. I think he was yep. in the top 90. He was like 92, I believe. Yeah. Four star guy coming out of high school. And so we're only two years removed from that. Yeah, and so and there's a long track record of guys who um, take a step from like like the Big Twelve or like you know something like that to a North Texas and them flourishing in a mm-hmm. lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, because they are so talented and they're still young in their career. We're not talking about a fifth year guy that never panned out for five years. This is he spent two years at Oklahoma, started eight games last year, played in twenty five or twenty six, whatever it was, um, and yeah. We'll see if he can step in and, and contribute. But he's kind of the X factor for me. We know what we're going to get from everybody else at this point. I, well, I think I think Jason Edwards is also an X factor for me. Yeah, but I think I he's think, just going to be cold. You just think he's going to be amazing? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a world in which he doesn't average 14 points per game. But I see, I think he could be legitimately great okay. on this. Just because it, yeah. it depends on if right. they are able to play in the open court. Because I think like hearing Jason Edwards and, and looking at what he's able to do well, and he even said it himself, he likes to play with speed. And if yeah. they're able to unlock that, because we've seen flashes with Ruben, they just haven't been able to, to use it. If he can be what we think, you know, Ruben can be, I think this team is going to be just insane. If you have to predict their tempo, where they rank in tempo this year, where would you rank? They ranked 363rd last year. Last, they ranked, yeah. I think it was 360. Second. No, was it second year before? Oh, okay. Which I think was almost dead last because they added teams to the team. But anyways. I think we see NIT, North Texas. I don't know where that would have ranked. I don't know either. But I would say that it's like Ross said, right? They want to be able to capitalize on what they do defensively. They want to be able to get a steal running down the court. And I think having Mulai helped a lot with that. And it's the reason why they won the NIT, in my opinion. And with Aaron kind of coming into his own and Ruben, again, kind of coming to his own after these injuries, I think that that's what we can see. It's still going to be slow. It's still going to be deliberate. But you're not going to see them, you know, just stop the ball off of turnover and play down 20 seconds. Um, Offensively on paper, this team is going to be scary because you think about it last year, as much as obviously Tyler Perry is a great player, but he's also was five ten, right? You replace him with Edwards or Nolan and Bugs, obviously, at the two, like, your backcourt defense might be a little bit better. And then the frontcourt, you get Mulai instead of um, Abu, and that's probably better. Well, here's the thing with Mulai. He doesn't have to be necessarily better on the inside. He's probably neutral. It's his ability to switch, I think, more so. Because he's able. he has the foot speed, I think, to move a little bit better 
So you bring that in, and then let's not forget Robert Allen. Obviously, I haven't seen a lot of him. I don't. I know you've watched the SEC SEC basketball before. Yeah, he's a just having a, on. but just having a bigger body, like you said, you automatically upgrade from the five ten Tyler to taller guards. You also upgrade in the front court a little bit too, and then you still have Aaron and Ruben. And I, I will say, Kai was a good defensive guard. Like I don't want to take anything. Yeah, from yeah. Losing Kai hurts obviously, but like, I mean. They had, they had Abu and Jaden Martinez as their fives last year. No, I yeah, think. exactly. And listen, I'm just saying, you get Mulai and Robert Allen. I th- you sh- it could be, be it could be crazy. Not only that, like you said, they have two more spots. And I don't know. I mean, for me personally, I, in those last two spots, I want to see a wing ish type player. Yeah. I don't like you said. I don't know how Chris Morgan's done, but maybe I don't well, know. Chris Morgan's Robert. like 6'9". He's like a Ford. Right, so like maybe a guy that's kind of more of a rim runner, athletic guy, um, but so I want to see a wing. A Ford? Yeah, exactly. Wing of some oh, wing. sort. Sorry, wing, not Ford. Wing of some sort. Yeah, backups and like yeah, go get like a. Just go find the next James Reese. Make it easy. <sighs> Make it easy, he says. Find Make the next James Reese. Yeah, no, I think. You know, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask it just for fun. Way too early expectation for next season, knowing nothing about the cons. The like, where do you like it range? We don't even know the schedule. Does yeah, just um, like the range of where you'd like them to finish. The Americans gonna be really good. It's really good. Um, if there's 18 conference games, because I only judge it by conference. I don't, I can't judge non-conference until we see it. Uh, well, they will be playing in that South Carolina Charleston tournament, which will be interesting. Um, conference conference wise, it depends obviously on who they get, but I would expect something like a. It's gonna be hard to win more than thirteen games. I'd be happy at twelve and six, because that yeah, probably gets you top three. Be great season. Top four. I think this top conference four. is gonna kill it. Like they're just gonna like it's just gonna be slaughtering each other. Bro, FAU, UAB, Memphis, Tulane, Wichita Tulsa, State. Wichita State will be, be will be back to being good again. Like the if you can go twelve and six in this conference. You are making it. You might make the damn NCAA tournament off of off of without even having to win the conference tournament. Yeah, like if you take care, if you win the non-conference games, right? Like if they have a good run in the Charleston tournament, where they beat you know whoever's in that, and then they come back and go twelve and six in conference, and they only have like eight losses on the year. Yeah, you're gonna have a shot. So it'll be interesting. Look at us talking basketball on June seventh. Who'd have thought? Exciting. Hey, it's we've been watching a lot of uh college for the draft. Yeah, we've been doing our, our basket our draft stuff, so we're always always in basketball mode. But last thing I want to announce or I want to, I guess, talk about. Um, we do have an upcoming schedule coming out where we are going to be talking to um guests, talking to beat writers from teams on North Texas schedule over the coming weeks have that planned out so we're really looking forward to that and then we'll probably look at some like position preview type things as well but um yeah be on the lookout for that we're gonna have writers on from teams like you know memphis utsa smu um probably save the cow one for the before the season but yeah we're gonna try to get uab tulane all these guys that are on north texas schedule this year get them on the podcast and give you all some preview content for the summer because that's always fun so that's what's on deck um we appreciate ross hodge for coming on talking to us head coach hodge i remember the good old days colin we were back in 2017 watching Crazy. watching him yell at zach yep 
I remember going to a practice one time and watching Thomas when he first got recruited. Crazy how far they've come, man. Crazy. Incredible. All right. But, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe. Check out our home field. Um, again, M green. Easy. Easy to M remember. green. Home field apparel. That's discount code. 15% off your first order. How, how can you not do it? Yeah. How and if any of y'all are closet, not North Texas fans, be, feel free to still use that code. Feel free to still use that yes. code. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, we will be back next week with another episode. We appreciate y'all for joining us, and we will talk to y'all later.